Thank you for listening to the Power Shift Mindset. We'll be discussing techniques, concepts, and strategies to help you achieve the success and happiness you're looking for. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay, and I have my co-host Trudy with me again this week. And this week we have special guest Dulcie McDermott. She's a relationship coach, helps people deal with breakups, and also keep the relationship strong. Hi guys, it's Coach Jay, and I'm here again with Trudy. And today we have Dulcie McDermott on. And I met her through Instagram. I love the positivity she had on her account. And she had liked to help people that were dealing with breakups. Uh, and through talking with her, she has her curriculum and her coaching that she's worked to help you cope and, and deal with all the differences that you deal with. And then we'll go backwards and what she's doing now to also help and people keep the relationship strong so we don't get to that breakup. So, Delcy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. With, with a breakup, obviously, even in the case of when two people consciously say, you know what, this isn't working. We both know this is the right decision. Let's go our separate ways. It's still not easy. So when you have that, that breakup or both agree to it, and, and go their separate ways. How would you suggest people get over that? I mean, usually it's not, it's not that messy thing. People weren't throwing things at each other and screaming at each other. It's, I mean, you agree that this is better, but it still hurts. And right? so what's, what's a, a good mindset to go moving forward to be able to deal with that? Yeah, interestingly, I mean, we have our logical mind, right? Which, which knows that this, as you say, is a decision that we need to be making because we, we believe that we're better off outside of that partnership. But when we go through through a separation, our body, our brain, it goes into trauma response, right? It goes into, I mean, it's similar to a drug withdrawal. So when we have, you know, it's, it's proven that the, the presence of a loved one can lower our heart rate. It can, you know, it can re um, release serotonin. It can reduce cortisol. So we know that all of these juicy, gorgeous, happy hormones are kind of coming through when we're in partnership and we're happy and we're with a loved one. So when all of a sudden that, breaks down, we are depleted. Our body floods with cortisol. We are in a stress response, essentially. Um, and that can be really, really tough to deal with. And even with the most stable and secure of, of people, it can lead you down rumination. It can lead you to start questioning yourself and the decisions you're making. And um, yeah, it's really tough. I mean, you know, my number one piece of advice to clients always is no contact. And that feels that that can feel even harder. But let's just be really clear. While that person is still in your life, there's no getting away from them. There's no moving on from that relationship. You have to put your co-dreams, your co-plans, your, your co-ideas on the back burner. And you have to start thinking for yourself. You have to start thinking about what you want now, what you can focus on. And there is no doubt about that. That's tough. But talking about this drug withdrawal, every time you have a, a text or a tiny piece of contact, it's, it's like the drug withdrawal all over again. You're basically getting your hit. You're getting a fix. So the more and more you do that, you, you get in this kind of really toxic cycle. Um, and, you know, I, I hear all of the excuses under the sun of, well, I don't want to I don't want to offend them. I don't want to upset anybody. Let's just be clear, you know, blocking your ex has nothing to do with their feelings, but everything to do with your healing. It doesn't, you know, it, I mean, if you really feel the need to have that conversation up front, then feel free. But 
you know, I've blocked people in the past, not because I'm a horrible person or because I, you know, I, I have any bad feeling towards them, but because genuinely for me to see them moving on with their life, because social media and also social media is blown up, right? Social media is not real life. And you can start nitpicking these tiny things you might see a picture of your ex with a background you've never seen before and, and your mind will just spiral honestly it's better to just not not be privy to that at all so i so my biggest biggest piece of advice is to yeah go no contact and give yourself that space give yourself that break do you think that when a breakup happens is it more of a logical approach or an intuitive or both I think it very much depends on who you are. And I think it very much depends on the breakup itself. I think, I, I, I don't know, whether I, it's hard not to go too much into attachment. It's a very, very deep theory. But this, you know, attachment theory is around how we essentially dealt with, uh, or how we were dealt with uh, by our primary caregivers at a very, very young age. So it's how our emotional needs were met. And then that plays out in adulthood in how we connect and how we manage conflict. Now, if you have an insecure attachment style and you're very anxious, then sometimes you can be dating somebody for three months and that person has become everything to you because literally that, that attachment style is called anxious preoccupied. And that's because you've become preoccupied with another person. It's, it's almost like you're doing everything you can not to just focus on you. You know, if you think you've divert all of that focus and attention put that back on yourself, you could create some amazing things, but we as human beings, we give our power away so easily, so, so easily. So I think it, you know, it really, it really depends. Um, I like to think if you're coming from a very, you know, if, you, if you've kind of done the work and you've done your healing um, in relationship and outside of it, I like to think if you're coming from a secure place, it is an intuition or it's an understanding that relationships are not fantasy they're not disney disney has so much to answer for i i get so frustrated hearing about the one like the one is a concept that is toxic in my mind as is spirituality when they talk about twin flames and um you know kind of having three loves in your life that that kind of are these different levels of intensity that leads people that haven't had that to feel like they're broken in some way right like yeah. or let that pass them by so it's so to me that's that's kind of all limiting beliefs but I think if you come from a secure place you realize that it's not it sounds you know it sounds cliche but love isn't enough it's do you have the same values do you have the same beliefs do you want the same future are they going to put in as much work as you are to make that relationship work they're the questions you need to be asking yourself yeah, because I also feel like everything you said is so on point. And sometimes I think when we get frustrated with another quality in a person and get triggered by it, it's because we haven't healed it in ourselves. I think everyone's a mirror. Yeah, so. absolutely. Have you, have you, I don't know whether you've seen any of, I think it's, I think his name's Gabe, Gabe Mate, And he did that film, The Wisdom of Trauma, which was huge. And he has a really interesting concept, a, a theory that, we meet people exactly where we're at. So he sort of says, you know, and, and I believe this, I believe we meet people to heal and to grow together. I don't think you necessarily meet people to be together forever. And, you know, this is coming from a divorcee. Once upon a time, I did believe in Disney. Once upon a time, I was a smug married. I looked down on everybody around me because I was like, well, look at me and my best friend. And, you know, we've got all of this, but, but we didn't actually, and they all crumbled down. Um, but he talks about, because I think sometimes 
sometimes you can come away from a relationship and you can think, oh, yeah, I was just trying to fix him. But actually, you were on the same level. He's pulled out and you what you need to heal and you've pulled out and him what he needs to heal, you know. Um, and it, yeah, you meet people on that level and then that helps you grow. And, it, and then it's down to you whether you cling on tightly to things that aren't right for you, don't serve you, or you honor and value yourself and, and, and make the move to move on. Absolutely. You, you mentioned growing. I mean, I know, and I use my relationship on the, on the podcast often. And so far I haven't gotten hit over the head with a frying pan for my wife. So I haven't said anything <laughs> too far out of line. Well. But, but, and we've been married. It's 20 years this year. Oh, congratulations. And, and I remember when we hit, I think it was 17 years, you know, how everyone puts on Facebook or Instagram that, I mean, thanks for the 17 wonderful years. You're my rock. Everything's perfect. I mean, white picket fence, son, daughter, cat and dog, everything's perfect. I put, it's been a 17 year roller coaster ride. And sometimes we smile, sometimes we puke, but for some reason we keep getting back in line. Mm -hmm. And I've said that to a few people and they're like, wow, that's an interesting way of looking at it, which most relationships are the roller coaster ride. They're not leave it to beaver. And I'm probably dating myself with the two of you, but it's not Lassie and leave it to beaver and all the, the perfect families that we saw on, on TV back then. And I mean, there have been times where, and we'll have a disagreement on something. And she'll say, well, you, you've changed. This was never an issue. Well, of course I've changed. I wouldn't want to be the same person at 40 years old than I was at 20 years old. And so there is going to be changing, but the proper term is growth. Like you said, it's not you've changed. You, you've yeah. grow. Yeah, but it's, you could grow in different directions. I mean, just like even a single tree is going to have two branches that go, one goes to the left, one goes to the right. And you're not always going to evolve in the same thing. And, but and that's it's why you're still together 20 years later, because you have grown together, because your growth has in some way inspired the other one to also grow. Because as you, as you say, if you'd grown and your wife hadn't, and you did have different likes, and or, 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 or the differences became so much that they caused a, a serious disjoint in your relationship, you wouldn't be together anymore. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely components that have grown together. And there's other components that, and it seems like there's a, a little more of a gap between them. And it's kind of like going back and forth and weighing and not that any of them are, are to the point where, okay, this isn't working, but there are times when it, it puts a strain on things. And I, what, what's your, your suggestion on that when you have components in a relationship? I mean, like everyone, one of the big things now going social media, let's also go to the smartphone. I mean, should you within a relationship still have your privacy or should everyone have their smartphone unlocked and, and free reign? I mean, I still think that you are still your individual. You still have your own free will. You should still have your own life. And obviously you're sharing your life with someone if you're in a relationship, but to the point where first off, if you feel you need to check your, your partner's every move, you shouldn't be with them anyways. But I mean, that's always that controversial thing that you see. It's like, why is he hiding or why is she hiding this? It's like, but why, why do you feel the need to know every little move? It's one of my clients biggest pain points, actually. Normally when they've separated from somebody, one of the complaints is around guys liking girls photos on Instagram. And it's this kind of, okay, well, you know, why are they, why are they doing this? And, and why is it a problem? And, and this is maybe a bit of a fluffy answer, but I, I, I think it's about ba it's boundaries. And just to be really clear, boundaries are totally individual to the individual. So, so you may be more accepting of behavior than I would be, 
or your wife may be more accepting of behavior than you are. Do you see what I mean? So there's, it's kind of being really clear on is that or is that not acceptable to you? I totally agree. No. So, so my, I've done a lot of work around attachment theory and, you know, I, I, my kind of default would be more anxiety than avoidance. And so I have this, this kind of, this part of me that, that wants to be anxious, that wants to, you know, we're in a new relationship. I, I want to know, and I see a text come up and, and probably my default would be to kind of, you know, look to see, oh, okay, you know, who's, who's messaging. I proactively don't do that now. You know, I, I'm very much because, because, we we tell ourselves stories we 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 it's so hard to know what reality is because it's just a perception everybody's perception of reality is different right so me me and my um me and my partner he comes from predominantly polyamorous polyamorous relationships i come from very only monogamous relationships i was married i've always been in in long-term monogamous relationships our boundaries sometimes are very 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 different and you know we've had to work hard on that we've had to say okay right this is not an accept this is a line for me and actually behavior past that point is not acceptable but you know having dinner with old girlfriends and all the rest of it I think I've just become a little bit more I've become more secure in myself I've worked and this is the thing you know oh I hate to bang the self-love drum right but even though I'm a even though I'm a kind of in, an intimacy coach I, I on Instagram I call myself a self-love champion because that is what it is all about it is literally getting yourself to a point of security where yeah it would be really crap if he went out and had dinner with an ex and ended up doing something but I'm also strong enough to know that if that happened I'd be out the door so it's it's having that belief in yourself and that security and stability in yourself to know that if you're to hold your strong boundaries and to know that if one got crossed, you know, you could communicate that in the right way and you would make the right decisions. But yeah, the social media thing is, oh, what a, what a um, minefield. <laughs> really. That's so, it's so true though. Cause I have a friend who was talking to me about, you know, she's married, she's in a healthy marriage. They communicate really well, but they've also talked about having an open relationship with boundaries or still committed to each other. And while to someone else on the outside, that might be like, Oh, that's crazy to her. It's like, well, it's partnership, not ownership. And like you said, it's totally based on perception because what's comfortable to you might not be comfortable to the other person. So also I've been like researching a lot on, cause I knew we were doing this episode, but like cheating and the reasons why people cheat and is there a common denominator for that? It's interesting. So I've heard that men cheat to stay and women cheat to leave. So if a woman cheats, she's pretty much checked out of a relationship. A man is looking to have his needs, his sexual needs met. We are primal beings, okay? We, you can't underestimate physiology in terms of, you know, yes, we've evolved. Yes, we want partnership. Yes, we want intimacy. Men are still men and women are still women. Women are still drawn to be nesters and have babies and, and have one man to kind of protect them and look after them. And, and, and men want to sow their seed far and wide and you know it's all about youth and because you know that they're looking they're literally looking for youth because that can they can pregnate youth right so like in terms of kind of physiology in your body so it's um 
Yeah, it's so interesting. And with the open relationship stuff, I mean, it's not something I've done personally, but it's something I've explored. And it's because majority of long-term relationships I know of, this is where they fall down. It's cheating because, and it's not always the man. It's not always the man. It can absolutely be the woman. But normally with the women, they're not having their emotional needs met. With the men, they're not having their physical needs met. That's the difference. So interesting. You had mentioned like the social media and like, guys liking too many photos. I actually had a, a friend who she checked out of Instagram for a moment there because her, her boyfriend was liking too many photos and it was making her uncomfortable. Um, but I don't know why there's the flip side where like a lot of women can go and watch Aquaman on a loop and it's not a big deal. Uh, but that's <laughs> like one, right? <laughs> one, of, one of the podcasts that I listened to and being a personal trainer, they mentioned, and if you're a personal trainer and your significant other better be ready for women to be sending pictures of their butts all the time, because if their squats and their deadlift are working and they're happy with their progress, Hey, look at my progress photo, look at my progress photo. And I mean, the looking at, at photos or, and stuff like that, it's, I'm not going to call it fantasy. Cause I don't mean like you're fantasizing about that person, but it's like, everyone looks at what's attractive to them. And my wife comments every time, I mean, Aquaman's on or, or I mean, Henrik Lundqvist. So you get it in both directions where both men and women and see someone that catches their attention. Um, I know you mentioned like the, the variance in relationships where you're, you've been mainly monogamous where your significant other now has had polyamorous relationships. Um, I know your, your title on Instagram is uh, sex and relationship coach. And that's something where my wife and I've talked about it, where what's the difference if you're, if we're just talking about sex. And when I say that I use the word sex, but we're talking about the whole intimacy package. But if someone, if one person in the relationship wants it, eight times a week and another one wants it two times a week. I mean, how far don't both of them need to move a little where, Mm. yeah, maybe, maybe five times is too much for you. Well, five times isn't enough for me, but it's, it's at least it's in the middle where, I mean, how do you go when, I mean, now that's just within a couple, how often do we want to have intimacy and not taking all the roadblocks and kids and schedules and that in the case, but when you have something that's extreme of someone who's lived either polyamorous or open relationship to someone who's been monogamous. I mean, that's a, a an even larger gap to fill or to, or, to, or, or to tighten up. Yeah. With, with, sorry to interrupt with, with polyamory it's about variety right. as much as anything. Right. So, so there's, there, there's amount, there's quantity, but the thing about poly is that it's exciting because they're new partners and it's new passion. That's where it gets a bit sticky, I think. But now the, the polyamorous one is usually also, like you said, it's my understanding of it is it's two relationships. Like you could have either two girlfriends or a wife and a girlfriend. It's not, it's not open relationship where you're just being sexual with an additional person. It's there's an actual relationship there. So you, you have to balance the two relationships and everyone has to be aware of who's your primary and who's your secondary. And I mean, yeah, we might've had a, a hot date scheduled for tonight, but guess what? My son's soccer game got moved. We got to skip the date. That's got to be the priority. And so that's, that's a lot of balancing. Yeah. So I think primary, primary people is key. Absolutely. So any single poly couple I know there absolutely is that. And I know a few who are married as well. So that's exactly it. So it is about balancing that. And then 
it's it I think poly poly is a really tough one because like you say there are there's emotion there as well there's intimacy there as well it's not as it's not as clear clear cut as an open relationship but I think people who are poly are just generally a little bit more open and a bit more liberal. So I think there's, you know, that it can be kind of ebbs and flows. And I think you can bring people in a little, at least that's my experience from the friends I have, they bring people in a bit more regularly, but it's it's more that, yeah, that the, the kind of the other partners meet, need, meet, meet a sexual need that they don't have with each other, but it, it can also be an emotional need as well. It could be that, you know, one partner actually is is quite a hermit and and is quite introverted and doesn't really like going out and it might be that through your poly one of your poly partners you find a much more social group a much more social interaction and that kind of meets another need for you as well i mean and and that's where i think that's where i you know i'm i'm a i'm a lover at my core and i i don't i find it hard enough just kind of being with one person and i think people it sounds like a very it sounds like a very kind of great solution but there's as much work that goes into that as anything else, right? But instead of dealing with one person, you're dealing with multiple people's feelings. Do you do you think pop culture has made it more acceptable? I mean, it seems like everything goes in cycle. We were just talking about fashion and how things go in cycles and like the big black thick glasses that everyone's wearing now is what my father wore back in the 60s. And so you you hear about like the swing in 60s and the Woodstock and, and sex, love, drugs and rock and roll and that whole thing. And now- now cable TV obviously can see more. And like, I remember when the L word came on uh, a big show where it, the core of it was and lesbians. And then obviously and LGBTQ plus whatever letters they added and no disrespect, but every time I say it, they've added another letter. And so that the whole and gay and lesbian culture is out in the open more. I mean, the either swinging or polyamorous. I mean, there was a show on, I don't remember if it was HBO or Cinemax about and, and polyamorous relationships. I mean, one was a, a show and another one was a reality show. So now that this stuff is out there, do you think more people are accepting it? Because when they look at it and they're like, this sounded like fun, but look, more people are doing this. So now I'm not the freak if I'm doing it. And where mm-hmm. in the past, everyone thought that, oh, I got to keep this under wraps where mo- more people can come out and just say that, yeah, I'm poly or I'm and gay or, or whatever. It's just, it's become more acceptable through pop culture. Do you think in real life, getting away from social media and the internet in real life, people can be who they are on a sexual side now? Yeah, I think so. I also think you're part of your echo chamber. <clears throat> you know, you're part of the, you're the sum of the 10 people that you spend the most time with or whatever. So I think, you know, for, for, for me, I live in London and I've got a lot of friends that are in these circles. So for me, it feels like the most acceptable thing. A couple of years ago, I say a couple of years ago, five or six years ago when I was with my ex-husband, absolutely not. We were part of a smug married couple with there were families and kids and, and this stuff wouldn't have even been heard of. And I think even I back then had an opinion of these people are greedy. They're greedy. They're kind of um, sleazy. It's all a bit sleazy. Why does everyone need to sleep with everybody? I don't know. Why? Why? Why can we not just be faithful? Why can we, you know, and, and it was, it was very much inherited from my parents, you know, by that generation. Absolutely. I mean, my my mum and dad can't hear that I'm a coach or a therapist. They just don't, they don't get it. They literally don't get it. And it's one of the most frustrating things. So I feel like now, yes, we are coming into our own more and more. And I think the more you go down the kind of spiritual path or the psycho-spiritual path, 
again, it is about that. It's about that self-love, that self-focus, what you really need. And sometimes that doesn't work in a really restricted relationship with one other person. Sometimes, you know, if you're, if you're looking at your needs as a whole, sexuality is one of them and it might be that you need more. But I think, I think, and also on dating apps now, there's, um, I think, you know, you can, there are dating apps specifically for open relationships, poly relationships. There are options on places like Bumble and Hinge where you can say, I'm literally looking for a third or we're looking for a poly partner or whatever that looks like. So I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know because I wasn't in those circles myself five years ago, but I don't think it was as, it wasn't as open as that. I don't think. Do you think that if, people were more detached and I mean like this in a healthy way like where because when we say like oh this is my boyfriend this is my girlfriend there's some sort of like ownership of like this is mine and if we because at the end of the day if I'm trying to be like oh don't cheat on me don't cheat on me like at the end of the day you're going to do whatever you want anyway so if I'm just like "Mm, I'm in the flow if you want to go you go or you want to go have a night with the boys or you want to go on a trip go this trip, whatever it is if we come from that place of detachment where we're just in the flow do you feel like relationships would be a little bit healthier 100 100 and, and that boils down to the individual boundaries again so shruti your your boundaries might your your line might be might be tighter than mine for example i I've, I, you know, it's taken time and it's taken negotiation, but I have become accepting. I wouldn't say I enjoy it, but I've become accepting of my partner and, and his circles and who he is. Absolutely, it's helped because what's the point of me stressing out about it? Like I say, if, as, as you say, if he's going to do it, he's going to do it, right? He's the one, mm-hmm. he's the one that's chosen to move away from that because, and, and he's also helped me realize, he, I mean, he comes from poly, but he's also come from open relationships. He's helped me understand. He's helped me understand the primal nature of sex a bit more in that actually what, what he feels for me is, is different. It's just different. Like he's not going to get an emotional connection with somebody that he's had like that open relationship with. So I need to look at this differently. I don't need to come at this from a place of, Oh my God, he's never done this before. This is, this is crazy scary and he's going to cheat on me and actually say, well, no, he got to, he got to a point in his life where that wasn't fulfilling his needs anymore. He wanted more. And this is why, you know, and that's why we're, we're together. So yeah, it's, it's that security in yourself. It's, it's knowing your boundaries, but I think allowing freedom, I mean, Esther Perel always says, you know, you have to have freedom in a relationship. It's, you know, some people are codependent. Some people don't see each other like once or twice a month different relationships work for different people but the one thing you have to have is autonomy it's freedom it's to be who you are absolutely yeah I love so a couple that. couple things you mentioned um you mentioned like looking at at sex and being primal and before you had said something about how you thought people that were either poly or into the the open relationship were selfish i, I knew people that had an additional sex partner because their primary partner had a, a physical impairment that wouldn't allow them to perform. So they basically said, no, I still want to be with you. I can't help you there. Go find it someone somewhere else. Just make sure you're home for dinner type of thing. I mean, I'm, I'm loosely saying it, but it's like, I can't give you everything you need. You can go get that part over here. And, and then when you mentioned like the primal thing, I mean, I was just talking to Shruti before you came on, we've had two other shows 
with a topic based around sex. One was sex and love addiction. So it was how it can be like you referred to it as a drug with your, your partner and stuff like that, where it was the, the negative sides about it. And then we also talked about sexual abuse. Again, every time we hear about sex in the news, it's always the negative side about it. But you said you're opening your eyes to realize how, how important it actually is, that it is an, a very big part. I and mean, I was telling Trudy, I've read multiple times that if your sex life is good in a relationship, it's only 10% of the relationship. But if it's bad, it's like 90% of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and again, using that word sex is the whole overall intimacy aspect, but you still need the, the physical act in there as well. And the, the importance of that connection and communication about your needs in both directions is extremely important. I mean, I know you talked about just being able to do things on your own. I mean, as far as, and you referenced and, and your significant other having lunch with an ex-girlfriend or another female friend. And, and that's one thing that, again, I've been with my wife for in just over 21 years now. And I told her right in the beginning, I have friends, I have male friends, I have female friends. I'm going to make new friends. And, and that's one thing. I mean, some of my best friends are females and I, I tell her, Hey, I'm going out to lunch with this person next week and say, all right, I'll see you when you get back. And where there's our relationships where, I mean, God forbid, I mean, I, I kind of joke around how as parents, we teach our little kids that, and we tell our little boys that the girls don't have cooties. And we tell the little girls that the boys aren't icky and you can play together. But then when we come, become adults, we're no longer allowed to play together. And it's why, why do we teach the kids that it's okay to play together and that they're, they're, they're not icky or yucky or have cooties, but then when we become adults, it's like taboo. Mm, Yeah, it's, it's so hard, isn't it? I I think, um, firstly, sorry, there was something that was like coming up in my mind as you were talking about that. And I think I just have to make a note of this is that as a woman, there is so much shame around being sexual so much shame like I don't think men really have any idea it's like if, if you are deemed to like sex even the littlest bit you know or you're or you're promiscuous or you have you know high sexual energy you are you're a whore <laughs> or you're a slag or you know a guy pat on the back brilliant bang as many people as you like <laughs> but for <laughs> women for women it's a real thing it's something that I dealt with a lot growing up, you know, really, really of, of not knowing how to, how to quite handle that, how to make sure I put myself across sexually in in the right way. So I think, I think with women, there is sometimes we hold ourselves back a little bit because it it can feel, uh, it can feel very conflicted to how we grew up. Actually, I don't know if you, you feel similarly. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think it's women judging more women because, Again, it comes back to the self because if you're triggered by that, it's something you're not accepting in yourself or you're judging because you want that quality too, in a way. So it's like, oh, she's promiscuous. Like, oh, she's a slut. No, I'm just, I'm like, oh, why can't I be just as free as her? That's really what it is rooted in, I think, because you won't be triggered by it otherwise. You're like, oh, cool. Do your thing, girl. Like, do it up. Yeah, it's so frustrating because I have I have a lot of male friends as well myself and not necessarily ex-partners, but certainly, you know, male friends. And I can't tell you how many issues I have when they get a new partner or, you know, new or they're getting engaged or, you know, all of a sudden our relationship goes from 100 to zero, which pisses me off about men, to be honest, because, you know, 
stand up for your friendships. You know, these, these, some of these people I've been friends with for 20 years and have sort of supported them through massive life changes. And then the minute a new girl comes on the scene, I'm always seen as a threat. Not, and not because I'm, I'm single or particularly flirty or, or would do anything that would make them feel uncomfortable, but absolutely that. They see my freedom, they see my confidence and they're kind of going, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. He might be tempted yeah. That, that works both ways though because i've had female friends over the years that all of a sudden they're in a relationship and mm. it, it's i mean the the restraints are put on them and and you just you can't see them and like you said you, you'd like to have someone fight for that relationship except or that friendship especially when that friendship i mean has covered i mean 5 10 and then when you're going 15 20 and 25 years back you would hope that that friendship was enough for you to say, hey, no, listen, we might be in the relationship, but this friendship's and dug deep and it's staying. So you either accept it or this doesn't work. And sometimes just because you have chemistry or a sexual uh, connection with somebody doesn't necessarily mean that you act on it. That's the other thing. You know, you don't always have to, Some, sometimes you feel a connection to somebody which can be mistaken for a sexual energy, but actually it's something else entirely. That person is meant to be in your life as a friend. There is something about them. You know, it's exactly the same as relationships. They're mirroring some kind of need that you have at the moment. Um, Rising Woman, um, I can't think of the lady's name now. She's on Instagram and, and she does some amazing stuff around this because she sort of says, you know, it's all about communicating as well. So it's, you know, obviously you don't, you don't need to tell your partner every time you kind of fancy somebody at the grocery store, but say for example, that you are in a work relationship and, you know, you've got quite close to a colleague of, of the opposite sex and things are not heating up, but you know, your that connection is getting stronger and stronger. The problem is most people try and hide that. And it's this, it's the secrecy that gives it power. It's the secrecy that makes it exciting. And, and then before you know it, it has turned into something else. Whereas actually, it's like anything else with your partner, communicate, talk to them, tell them the way that you've been feeling. And it might be, you can always, if you are starting to feel attracted to somebody else, and attraction is fine. Attraction is absolutely natural as human beings. We should all be attracted to other people. You know, I do not, I, do, I don't scoff at my partner if he looks at somebody in the street and he doesn't to me either. It's, it's important. We have to be able to do that. But if you're starting to think, oh, okay, this, this is maybe coming out of comfortable territory, look at the person because I can guarantee you there will be something in that person that's missing or a trait in that person that might be missing from your current relationship. So it might be that, you know, and, and this happened to me when I was married, I connected with a guy who was just very spiritual work. And at the time I wasn't on a spiritual journey and I, and I didn't really talk deeply with anybody. My husband was a very surface, you know, he was a very simple needs man. He was amazing, but he was, you know, he, he really didn't talk about his emotions. He didn't want to get deep. He, you know, we didn't talk about hopes and dreams and the universe. And, and I had all of that within me and I couldn't get it out. And then all of a sudden I met this guy at work and he just, he met that need. And rather than running off and having an affair with that guy, I realized what, we, what I was missing. So then I took that back to my husband and said, right, can we try to do a bit more of this? Can we try to talk a bit more openly? Can we try and, you know, get excited about the future and tell me how you're feeling sometimes that's going to make me feel more connected to you. I'm not feeling as connected to you. So how do you differentiate that when it's, when it's just that connection and that spiritual level you're missing or whatever it is, it's a trait that you're missing in a relationship versus if it's an actual sexual attraction. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's hard. well. I, I mean, I would I would start by asking that question. So look at the relation. You know, look at the the person you're sexually attracted to. What are you attracted to the most? Is it their confidence? Is it that they're funny? Is it you know what what is it that is attracting you? But it's also about having some, especially if you're in a if you are in a monogamous relationship and you've chosen that, is having discipline. There are always going to be people who turn your head. There are always you know. There, there might maybe people who may cross a line and try and make something more with you if you respect and love your partner enough and they've given you enough freedom that you can you know you don't feel completely restricted and tied down then you would hope that you come out the back of that realizing that, that what you have with your partner is stronger and you value that more um we don't you know yes we, we uh, we're primal beings and and we want to honor that about ourselves, but equally, we don't need to drop our pants every time we're sexually attracted to somebody. Just, of course, you know, yeah. And also that's, yeah. No, no, no sorry. Just, just, but, you know, it's not, um, yeah, it's, it's, de- it's definitely a tough one. So, so you know, for, for me, it's always, it's always come with like, uh, with me, anytime I feel kind of a sexual attraction, the only time it would actually turn my head is when I start to feel an emotional connection as well. And that's when it's a thing for me personally, that's when I start yeah. thinking, oh God, okay, what, what am I missing here elsewhere? But also going back to attachment styles is appreciating that there will be some people who didn't have their emotional needs met when they were younger by their primary caregivers that have are chasing that passion. They're chasing that drama because that's the push and pull that they're used to. That's what they think love is, right? So when it gets to yeah. that kind of boring, mundane, secure piece, people aren't willing to work through it. So it's, yeah. Yeah. So, so to start the close, what would you say would be like the three or four key points to keeping a relationship strong. And I, I know I've always said communication is one. Um, I was, I, I went back to school a couple of years ago and I was taking a communication class and there was like four of four or five of us that were in our forties. Everyone else was that 18 to 21 year old college student. And even though it was a communication class, it's like, well, what was the key be? And I just kept saying communications, not because that was the class, but that that's a big one. Being able to have that dialogue to be comfortable to open up on, on all accounts to, I don't like how you stack the dishes in the dishwasher to we're not having enough sex. You got to go the full gamut and you got to be comfortable talking about everything. And so what would be your like three or four and key points to really focus on to keep a relationship running smooth and just having things go in the right direction? So commun- communication, absolutely. And on the flip side of that conflict management. So you have to understand what we all have to start to understand is our partners. So all of us have this like emotional window of tolerance in us. Right. And when we start to get pushed out of that, you will start to see it in your partner. You'll start to see it in yourself. So, so for me, because I'm more on the anxious side, if I start to get pushed out of my window of tolerance, somebody's pushing my boundaries, I will start to talk very fast. I will start to feel my heart rate rise. I will start, my eyes will start to kind of flick all over that there are kind of, you know, real telltale signs it's understanding what that is in yourself and also what that is in your partner and pushing pause. Like, so having, having a, having a structure that when you are in conflict that you know how to handle it there and then. So I think, I think pause is really, really important. I think time apart and autonomy, freedom, however we want to describe it, super, super, super important. You have to be able to, to go off and pursue your own interests 
and having and you know ha having other you know having other really close connections as well having really close friends family making sure that you are filling up your emotional well in other places not just with your partner because that's a lot of pressure to put on one person to meet all of your emotional needs i met a girl um just before lockdown i mean jay you've probably seen she's in every single one of my photos now on instagram she you know she has all she's become my soulmate you know she she is another soulmate for me she is somebody who just really compliments me we're like yin and yang and and i get a lot of emotional needs met through her and, and at the beginning i was really um it felt unusual for me because I've, I am used to putting all of that on a partner. And, and also I'm not very good at receiving. I'm not very good at receiving love and affection and care. I'm very good at giving it, but I, I struggle a bit receiving it. And I had to really hold myself up to that and say, actually, no, there's a person here who really wants to be close to me. And, and it feels weird, but I'm, I'm up for that. So I think there's that. And I think, um, I think you have to inject fun and play. So important. Like play with your, you know, what did you love doing when you were a kid? Did you love skipping? Did you love, you know, rolling down hills? Did you, you know, love dancing? Take yourself out of comfort zone as a couple and play together. And again, Esther Perel talks about this a lot, but release that inner child. Don't just, you know, have dinner at the same place, same time every week. Really try and inject a bit of variety. Variety is the spice of life, literally, and it will add passion into your relationship. Yeah, I'm just going to touch on a, a couple of things. You mentioned the the play and stuff, and coming for someone who has kids and dealing with school and and all that. And I would say definitely try to get a date night in there. I mean, no matter how busy it is, just accept the fact that your date night is going to cost an additional thirty dollars for a babysitter but make sure you don't stretch it where you're five, six, seven, eight weeks out from the last time you and your, your, your significant other went out. Uh, and then the other thing, when you mentioned having friends that you can be close to that kind of take the burden off your, your partner that can fill some of that, that void. And I'm an emotional person. Trudy saw it in our first uh, Instagram live where I have no problem shedding tears. If something touches me, um, for the guys out there, it, it's okay to open up. And I mean, I have, I have one male friend who, if I really needed someone to talk to where I have probably four or five female friends that I can go to that, if I really needed that heart to heart talk, because most guys, because you're supposed to be tough and macho and just let's go watch the football game. And, and that's, that's it. It's a lot of guys don't, don't want to show their sensitive side and they don't want to hear it from other guys. So for the guys out there, I think it's a sign of strength when you can show your emotions and, and sit there and support someone else's. So, and that's, like you said, having those other people around you in the date night. Uh, and I definitely thank you for giving us the time to come on here. I know uh, being on opposite sides of the pond and scheduling it and the time difference was a challenge. Oh, it's been but... amazing. I've, I've absolutely loved the conversation. Yeah. So thank you so thank much. Thank you so much, Dulcie. You are so beautiful inside and out and you have such an amazing energy. Thank you. For oh, sharing. darling. Same, same. Thank, thank you. you. Hopefully we can do more of this, guys. Yes. I'm <laughs> yeah, going to follow you on Instagram right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Same. <laughs> All right. Thanks. And we'll maybe in a couple months we'll, we'll have you back and see how your your program's going and and it's the sex and what's the actual the underscore sex underscore and underscore relationship it come out i think it's coach Co coach right so yeah, that's that right. that's her instagram you can follow her there and thanks again for coming on and we'll talk to you soon thanks jay thanks rudy thanks
Bye. Bye, everyone. Shift Mindset Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While the suggestions, strategies, and practices we have given have been proven successful for our personal use as well as clients we have worked with, these recommendations should not supersede instructions given by any licensed professionals, including but not limited to your primary care physician and mental health professionals. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today for the PowerShift Mindset Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at The PowerShift Mindset and also visit thepowershiftmindset.com. Thanks again for listening to The PowerShift Mindset.